You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. Four students are about to learn. Who do you think I am? Their teacher's terrifying secret. Who is that? My brother. Michael! Critics call Halloween H2O sensational. <laughs> Smart and nonstop scary. Jamie Lee Curtis makes a triumphant return. Finally, a sequel. That lives up to the original <laughs> Halloween H2O. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Halloween Unleashed podcast. I am not your host, Chris Morgan, but instead I'm Dylan Cloud here uh, filling in as we'll Brandon Duran and Brandon Zachman be helping me over the next few weeks, recording some episodes for you guys while Chris and his family work through the loss of their beloved dog, Maddie. Um, on behalf of me and both Brandon's and the entire Halloween Unleashed community, we definitely want to wish Chris the best and we look forward to his eager return and we will do our absolute best in maintaining the quality of this program in his absence. Um, you're definitely in our thoughts, Chris, and we're wishing you the best and, um, Sorry that you guys had to go through such a tragic loss, and um, we definitely look forward to you coming back. I know you and Brandon will be um, knocking out some more amazing content when you guys get back. Um, In the meantime, today, we will be covering Halloween H2O 20 years later, released in 1998, and this would be the first return for Jamie Lee Curtis, not only to the horror franchise, excuse me, the horror genre, but into the Halloween franchise reprising her role of Laurie Strode, a.k.a. Karen Tate in this film. Um, Everyone knows the story of H2O. It was the the first of what would be several reboots for the franchise, uh, ignoring the content of 4, 5, and 6, and starting completely over with uh, Laurie and a new child in a different part of the country, where she's now the headmistress of a preppy little boarding school, and her son, John. Um, This would be a very polarizing film for many fans of the franchise personally i think it's quite good um but that more than likely leans towards my liking of the scream franchise and this being the uh made under the the new line uh the dimension umbrella definitely having a lot of elements of scream having several people who worked on scream uh the the score very similar to that of scream i'm having christopher duran play michael who also played ghostface in the the second scream movie um but yeah, let's dive right into these mistakes. Um, no film is without them, even the best of them. Um, first and foremost, with any Halloween movie, you've got to talk about the mask. And the mask in this film, there are several of them. And from the very opening scene, you see them changing. So the first one you will see in the opening of the movie is actually the Halloween 6 mask. Um, made by the same individual, John Buechler, who worked on H6. They used the same mask. Um, and that would be what would be in the opening. You then would have the what they what many have referred to as the brat mask, the mask where it looks like Michael's angrily grinning at you. And they used that for several weeks of shooting, and then it would come back later that many were displeased with it and they had to redo it. And that would be the mask that every that would everyone would begin to associate with this film, um, the one where the eyes are very revealing of Michael, and. You'll see in many wide shots in this film 
where they couldn't have gone back and reshot, where you can see the, uh, I believe it's the WMB mask, uh, Michael coming down the staircase when they're chasing uh, John and his girlfriend, long shots walking up to the car, um, there's many things where they couldn't afford to go back and reshoot or didn't have the locations to go back and reshoot, such as the kitchen where John's friend uh, gets his throat slit with a corkscrew. Uh, you have that just horribly awful CGI mask. That was just one where they just could not go back and reshoot that. And you just kind of have that, that insertion of a CGI mask just because they were unable to replace it, but they didn't want to keep the original in there. I guess as it looked even more obviously unreal. There are, of course, several continuity mistakes in this film. Um, a lot of them are minor, very, very nitpicky, essentially, as um, a great number of them tend to be where people are kind of just sitting around picking these movies apart instead of actually enjoying them. But we shall go through them. Um, one of which is when um, Tate, uh, Miss Tate is teaching a class and there's an author written on the board, W.B. Yates, and they misspelled the last name. Um, and a few shots afterwards, the spelling would actually be corrected. Um, again, very, very minor mistake. Um, when John is running for Michael after they first see him and dives out the window, he dives out head first, but when the wide shot comes back out, he's actually landing on his feet. So continuity-wise, that just wouldn't make any sense. Um, when... Uh, Tate goes back into the school with the fire axe to confront Michael. There is a cut on her arm, which would eventually come from when he lowers himself down and stabs her with the knife in the arm. Um, kind of preemptively there, more than likely an editing mistake, as can happen. Um, the cut is there, disappears, and then reappears after he brings the knife down. Um, again, just an editing mistake. It, it certainly happens, um, but definitely one that you can kind of notice. Um, that's actually one that I noticed throughout the film. Um, in one scene, uh, Karen Tate takes a bottle of some type of alcoholic beverage out of the refrigerator, takes the top off the bottle, takes a drink, and then gives it over to her boyfriend. He takes a... <laughs> but then he also takes the top off the bottle, although she never put it back on. Again, uh, you know, only vi only visible if you're really looking for things like that. Um, couple uh, A factual error. Um, towards the end of the film, when... She's driving down the road with Michael. Well, when he's coming out of the the body bag, she slams on the brakes and he goes flying through the windshield, which shatters into many pieces. Of course, we all know that windshields are made out of laminated glass, so that when they do break, the glass doesn't shatter onto the driver. Um, he flies right through it like he went through a plane glass window. Just structurally, we do know that that's not how vehicle windshields are constructed, but for the sake of creating a film and a dramatic scene... Um, you have to kind of suspend your disbelief. Um, if you want to see a more realistic example of what happens when you break open a windshield, watch Pineapple Express. Um, some more continuity errors. Um, near the end of the movie, uh, when Carrie, or Lori, however you want to call her, is fighting with Michael, there is a flag post through his chest when he falls over, and the mask is different. <clears throat> and also his... Uh, Knife is a little bigger. And that's one thing that I've always disliked about this. And then actually Resurrection. The knives in this film are just so big. Um, there's actually... Uh, there was a photo in, in, on Facebook recently of a gentleman who had screen used uh, Halloween H20 knife. From the tip of his finger to his elbow was the entire knife. Which of course is about 24 inches long. Most kitchen knives, butcher knives, however chef's knives are not that long. So it, it's definitely over-dramatized. 
this is another example of where they either could or did not reshoot the scene and you see the the different mask the w and b mask um that michael was wearing originally when they shot that when they're in the what i assume is the cafeteria and they're fighting she breaks the flagpole off on him um when at the opening when the little girl and the mother go into the men's restroom the mom blocks the door with a rock but if you if you look in really close you can see the rock changes angle from shot to shot again likely just an editing mistake where they one take they had it a certain way next take you know it was flipped around or so on and so forth now again super nitpicky shit y'all don't you know just enjoy the movie some of these are just absolutely ridiculous that you just have to be nitpicking to find um another one when Lori goes back into school to fight with Michael, she hits him uh, with the axe, and it sticks into his shoulder. However, in the next shot, you can see it's only left flat on his shoulder. So essentially, she hits him with the axe, and it's buried into his arm. But in the next shot, it's it's not. Essentially, is what they're going for here. Um, and the plot hole error. Since this was the last Halloween movie, there is... A major plot hole with the way things went to make resurrection um however you yes they offer the explanation that he switched with the paramedic um and they say well why didn't the paramedic say something you know it says that his windpipe was crushed um the the, the major plot hole, the hole they're saying here is that why didn't the the so mentioned paramedic just remove the mask uh which is is definitely a big plot hole because we all know the 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 open-ended thing with the paramedic was kind of decided later after h2o was completed and yeah you do see him you know grasping for the mask you know of course um as you know out of confusion but it would have just been much easier for him to remove it as opposed to just kind of reach out with the without the ability to speak especially when you're being confronted by someone with a fireman's axe that is definitely appearing hostile towards you which again makes a lot of sense um, of course, you know, he would be groggy after being thrown out of a van and, and, and ran over and, and crushed, um, again, which if it wasn't Michael, that would have killed a normal human being. So again, big plot hole there, but of course, you know, sequelitis always sets in like a ton of bricks and they had to keep going with the franchise. There was never going to be a stop and there's never going to be as, um, it has been released, released that quote unquote Halloween two will be released in October of 2020 as a sequel to Halloween 2018 and you know that'll be a whole nother can of worms that will open up later on down the road um but you know the, if as long as there's a market and there's money no matter how bad they are they're going to keep making them and they're going to find any way they can to bring back the slasher whether that be Chucky, Jason, Freddy, Michael, Leatherface etc etc they're never going to stop it's always going to be a, a continuation some more continuity errors when Jimmy opens the fridge, um, there's quite a lot of items in there. If you look to the right of where the beer bottles are, there uh, is nothing but a purple box. And the next shot, there's um, a red object in there. So there's kind of just inconsistency with the items in the refrigerator. Again, something you don't really notice unless you're looking for it. Um, these guys would be great for cinema sins. Um, uh, one of the first roles for Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I believe his first major film role, a lot of well-known celebrities such as Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Johnny Depp, Kevin Bacon, Jamie Lee Curtis got their big movie starts in, in horror, which I think is is pretty cool and a, and a tremendous shout-out to, to the genre. 
Um, at the end, uh, Lori has two kitchen knives and continues to stab Michael many times until he falls off the balcony, goes over, and lands on the table going through the table. You can obviously see that it's a dummy um, going through the table because it falls onto its side. And if you look closely to the right side of the table, it collapses. But then they switch to another shot with a real person and now it shows the left side of the table has collapsed. So, again, a visual mistake, an editing mistake, a shooting mistake. Um, again, it happens. You know, not really any excuses I can come up with for a million dollar movie studio. You know, slow down, take your time. But it happens. Um, another one, visible wires can be seen on Will when Michael steps him and is holding him up in the air. So I guess the harness holding him up. Again, there's got to be plenty of movie magic they can use to make that disappear. While some of these are definitely nitpicky mistakes, some of them are quite real mistakes and definitely need to be addressed. And you would think there'd be a, certainly a way around it or that they would definitely scrutinize these films a little more before releasing them to the general public. But in this instance, that kind of looks like it slipped through the cracks. Um, there's supposed to be a power loss in the house in the beginning, but Jimmy opens the refrigerator and the light comes on. Which, if Michael had cut the power to the house, there would be no light in the refrigerator. Um, unless you just have a battery-powered refrigerator, which, of course, many people do. Of course, don't, because that's not a real thing. Um, but again, you know, for the sake of the film, you have to have lighting in the refrigerator for people to be able to see. Um, in the montage, in the opening of the movie, when all the newspaper articles are flying by and the dubbed-over Dr. Loomis speech is happening... There's a shot that says Class of 78 with Laurie Strode. But, of course, Halloween took place in 1978 in October, which would mean she would have graduated in 79. So, it should say Class of 79. But, of course, you know, people are just going to think Halloween 78. So, that was what they went with. But, of course, it would have been 1979 when she graduated. Um, when Carrie comes back from lunch with Will, she's in the car with um, John and his friend. She turns into the school driveway, and it shows that her window is up, but in the next shot, when she calls for Ronnie, it's down. So again, just another editing mistake, another shooting mistake, where, you know, probably had it down or up when they rolled up, redid it, you know. can get lost in the confusion, but it definitely happens. But it's, again, one of those things you just gotta take the time and slow down and see, because those kind of mistakes can kind of pile up over time. Um, yeah. Next, when Sarah is running from Michael... She gets into the Dumbo waiter with Charlie's dead body. His eyes are open, but then they are closed in another scene. So when she's, when they're writing down, you can see he's staring directly up. Um, and that actor's eyes were actually open. He described in an interview how difficult it was for him to do that. Playing death can sometimes be harder than playing life. Um, but in certain scenes, his eyes are closed, and some of them, they're open. So again, continuity, editing mistake, a shooting mistake. Could be multiple takes cut together. Um, when Jamie Lee Curtis or Lori or Karen hits Michael with the van and they roll over the cliff, you can see that the back doors of the van swing open, but when they get a frontal shot of Lori going down the cliff in the van, the doors are shut. This will happen about three times before the van actually stops, so the doors are open, closed, open, closed. Um, could just be in the chaos of the, of the van rolling. The doors are being flung open and closed, so I won't really... Say that's so much of a continuity error as maybe just damage to the vehicle as it's going down the cliff. That, you know, kind of makes sense to me. Um, 
some more plot holes is you see that uh, Carrie cuts the or uses the rock to smash the power box to the gate, stopping Michael from being able to leave the, the grounds after John and his girlfriend leave to go get the police. But later on, they are in fact in there. And again, for the sake of continuity of the film, I can see why people would think that's a plot hole. But of course, every gate has an emergency way to open it. And if there's police and fire vehicles, they'll break it if they have to to get in there with ambulances and, and police cars and such. So again, not so much of a plot hole, but, but I can definitely see from sake of a fan perspective why they would think that is a mistake. Um, as far as the van goes again, the word coroner will appear and disappear on the van um, a couple of times. Again, that's a continuity mistake where they might have shot one side of the van and then the other and then flipped it, an editing mistake. But, you know, again, these things need to be double-checked and looked over four or five, seven, twelve times. Um, when Will and Lori are in the hallway, it is Michael who comes up the stairs, as you see the mask and hair and all that. Um, it's not until they cut away with Will and Lori, then back again, that Michael becomes LL Cool J and gets shot. So, you can see that, you know, from, and again, they could have shot that as a, from his or her perspective kind of thing, where they thought... Oh, you know, this looks like the person we're looking for, but then actually it's LL Cool J. Again, I can see where they're going for with this mistake, saying that, oh, well, it's obviously Michael, but also think at the same time, maybe they're shooting that scene from the perspective of the characters viewing it, and not so much so from the perspective of what the audience is seeing, if that makes any sense. So keep in mind, the films are being shot from the perspective of the characters, and the characters may see something that is not in fact actually there as can happen with any person in real life um in another scene or in the opening montage with the newspaper articles there's where michael myers is misspelled uh as m-e-y-e-r-s as a, instead of m-y-e-r-s and that'll happen twice uh again typing mistake someone likely working on this film that had never worked on it before Um, another one that has actually bothered me throughout time is in Halloween 4, 5, and 6, you know, they, they they went to great lengths to ensure that Michael had burn wounds on him as he would have after being burnt alive in Halloween 2, as did Dr. Loomis. And although he got skin grafting done, um, there's nothing in Halloween H2O that lets the fans know that the filmmakers were aware that, you know, Michael had been burned. You know, other than the fact that John mentions it, his hands are completely burn free, nothing anywhere, and which would be the only place that you would see it. And the filmmakers did not put any kind of makeup or scarring on his hands, which is kind of disappointing as some of the effects artists on this film had also worked on Halloween 6. So, you know, I'm sure the idea was thrown out there, but maybe they didn't think it was necessary. And maybe that was another way they made sure the fans knew that they were dropping the old timeline. But again, even after 20 years, being completely engulfed in flames would not just heal away and disappear. So I can definitely see where that is a, a very big mistake. Um, there's a newspaper article seen in the opening credits that dates the Halloween murders of, of the first and second film as in 1968 and when it was 1978. And again, that's definitely just a, a, an error of them kind of throwing together some newspaper clippings and articles that, of course, didn't really exist. So you kind of have to, 
acknowledge that. And, you know, and oftentimes in those kind of scenes with newspaper articles and such, you'll see that, um, you know, a lot of times it's just gibberish, if that makes any sense. It'll just be random stuff to fill gap on the page. Mm. But definitely, if you're describing events of the first films, you got to make sure to get that stuff right. Um, uh, an audio error is in the opening scene where the woman's carving the pumpkin with the very large kitchen knife. Um, she stabs it into the pumpkin, and there's a sound effect of the knife coming out of its holder, so like the, the shing kind of noise. However, you know, the knife is, is always in the air. And that's something that you'll see a lot in Halloween H2O, Halloween Resurrection, is a lot of, you know, the the metallic sounding of a knife sliding across some material. It's definitely cheesy, and it's certainly very annoying. Um, and also, with the outrageously big knives that just exist anywhere in real life in these, as you see them in these movies. So, you know, those sound effects definitely get quite annoying, but it's something you kind of have to just live with in, 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 the, in the Dimension Halloween movies. Um, with, as, with a mother who is as overprotective as, and this is another mistake, as, as Carrie would be for John, uh, it is highly irregular that she would not personally, uh, watch the buses leaving for Yosemite and then see that, that he wasn't on there. So also that she's the headmistress of the school and would likely be missed. So, you know, however she did give him the permission slip at the last second, you would certainly make sure that she would watch him get on the buses and leave or inform the staff that he was going to be attending and that if someone didn't notice the headmistress's child on the bus, um, that's definitely a pretty big plot hole that I can definitely agree with and that certainly makes little sense just given how incredibly overbearing she is of him and how very PTSD she is. So I can definitely see that one being an issue. Um, and another one that we're wanting to get to. Um, there's actually two mistakes in this clip. So you can see uh, when the two characters are watching Scream 2 on the movie when Will walks in, um, not only does the film jump about five minutes over the course of that five-second scene, of course we all know that Halloween is a horror film referenced in Scream 1, making Halloween a part of their universe. So how could Scream 2, a direct sequel to that still in that universe, then be a movie in Halloween H2O. It's very Inception levels of insanity going on. Some some definitely multiverse stuff going on. We definitely need some scientists to come in and deduce what's going on here. But certainly that is definitely a pretty big movie mistake. Obviously, just to mention trying to promote their films. And if I if if I remember correctly, I believe there's an, actually an alternate version of that scene with a different movie playing. I can't remember what it is. Um, but definitely definitely an error. Um, also, uh, the porch light on Jimmy's house will go on and off numerous times during the scene where um, the nurse is speaking with him. Um, and during the course of um, Lori driving around with the coroner's van, you can see that it takes the same corner twice in the same road. Again, that could just be a, an editing mistake. Maybe they had intended to show it from one angle than another. Or just kind of, you know, maybe they recycled shots or, you know. Again, when you're driving on a road on a mountain, there's very limited you can actually shoot as, you know, all the curves kind of just tend to look the same. So, um, but yeah, definitely um, 
when Norma, who was actually played by Janet Lee's, or played by Janet Lee, who was of course Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, um, and driving the psycho car, which is an, an amazing little nod to Psycho. Um, after the buses leave, she is about as tall as um, as Jamie Lee Curtis, um, but in the next shot, she is much shorter. Of course, in real life, she is shorter than her daughter. Um, so, kind of they they ha they made the character appear to be much taller than she really was for the sake of scare for the audience and for uh, Jamie Lee's character. But of course, we all know that Janet Lee is is much shorter in real life. Um, another one where you can see. The uh, uh, clear difference in Michael's mask is when Molly hits him in the face with the rock and then runs away with John. Um, um, when Lori and Will are having lunch, you can see that even though she does drink those glasses of wine pretty quickly, in the very opening where they're sitting there, the, the amount of wine in her glass will change from time to time, being high or low. Um, definitely enough to where the audience can notice it. Another thing that's always actually bothered me is when Jimmy goes in the house to do his investigating, it's still relatively bright outside. And even in fall time, it doesn't get that dark that quick. He's only in there for a few minutes, but then walks back out and it's complete nighttime. So a very a very quick jump in in, in time and space, if you will. Um, some crew equipment visible moments. When Lori, John, and Molly are running away from Michael to the car, John is pushed into the back seat. When the door is closed, a very bright stage light is shown reflecting off the window of the vehicle. Again, those things are going to happen at some point when you're shooting around glass. But again, something that they have to be aware of and work around. Um, a nice skate going through Jimmy's face would not be a clean stab. It would have shattered his head. But again, for the sake of, of originality, at least with a kill, um, we kind of have to suspend that disbelief. Um, another one is the original movie is dialogue to suggest that it was a Friday, um, but Halloween of 78 would have fallen on a Tuesday. Um, Halloween H2 also suggests that it takes place on a Friday, um, but Halloween of 1998 was a Saturday, which again, you know, when you release your films on Fridays, you kind of just write your movies that way, even, you know, if, even if obviously it's not on that day, it's just easier for filmmakers, you know, they're never going to specifically reference, hey, it's it's a Tuesday or whatever, because that's just, that's not appealing to moviegoers. Moviegoers, you're going on Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, on the weekends, having fun, so you want the characters in the movies to be experiencing the same thing. Um, they actually, and this one's kind of, I would borderline disrespectful. Donald Pleasance's name gets misspelled at the end of the credits when they say in memory of Donald Pleasance, they misspell it with a they mix up the uh, an E and an A, uh, so S-A-N-C-E, instead of E-N-C as it should be. Um, another one, when Michael goes over the balcony with Lori stabbing multiple times, she's holding both knives after he goes off the table, or onto the table over the balcony, but when you look down, there's a knife in his chest. So that would be three knives instead of two, which is one more than there should be. Um... The police investigation at the start of the movie is never mentioned again. However, it would be in a different jurisdiction, but still, um, kind of just some some quick cop moments, and then that's kind of it. Um, during the scene with the with her driving the van with quote unquote Michael in the back of it, you can see she's kind of driving around on a very beaten path, um, as you would say, a very a road in not great condition. But the shots from the inside the van 
show yellow stripes down the road and a very well maintained road. So again, just a little continu uh, continuity errors. Um, and then back to Michael falling onto that table off the balcony. There is when she goes to pull a knife out of his chest. It's pretty obvious it's not very deep in his chest as it only comes out a couple inches, and that it's kind of obvious it's a plastic knife. Again, with with movie weapons, you definitely that's one thing you need to make sure to get right the first time is the the signature weapon of your killer, be that a chainsaw, a machete, a chef's knife, or what have you. You definitely can't making those kind of mistakes because the diehard fans are going to notice it and they're going to eat you alive every time. Um, that's pretty much it for the film mistakes for Halloween H2O. Um, I'm not sure what the next episode is going to be. Me and Brandon Zachman will be throwing up, um, a poll at some point for people to be, uh, submitting some voice, uh, takes or some, some audio to us for the next episode, but we'll reveal what that will be sometime in the coming day or two of, as of recording this episode. Um, thank you definitely to everyone who supports the podcast and watches. And on that note, Chris is very proud to be sending this podcast out to you guys ad-free, commercial-free. And I know as a listener, I definitely appreciate that. Um, and definitely recording it, not having to throw in commercials definitely helps. So if you want to keep the show commercial-free and sponsor-free, definitely support uh, the merchandise store for the show. Go to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash chris m one two two nine that's forward slash chris m one two two nine um ryan hogle has designed a whole lot of cool merch for everybody some nwo style t-shirts coffee mugs um some wmp stuff definitely support the halloween unleashed podcast support the facebook group support the horror community in general and and show chris a lot of love and support especially in this time right now um, I want to thank Chris for giving me the opportunity to be on the show with him as we have been, um, to host w with Brendan Zachman and Brendan Duran as we will be doing in the future. And just, you know, being, being a good friend to me, he, um, definitely learned a lot from him about the, about the films, about the genre, and definitely look forward to him returning. Um, the next episode, again, don't know what that's going to be. Um, in the meantime, just follow along with the Facebook group, Halloween Unleashed Podcast just to see what's up and what's going on and what we're going to be doing next. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening to me ramble on about uh, a movie I enjoy and a franchise I enjoy. And if you want to check out me, um, you can check out my Instagram, the Cutting Room Floor DC. You can see um, I share a lot of the stuff from my Facebook group, Horror Forever, on there. Um, hockey Mask that I'm working on. I do have a new project in the works coming out soon. Details will be released. Um, and... Again, check out Horror Forever, the Facebook group. You guys can see um, some mat awesome mask feed. Um, not even just Michael-related. Jason, Freddy, Leatherface, all that good stuff. Um, but again, support Chris. That and go to t dot. I'm sorry, tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash Chris M one two two nine to check out some merch from this um, from the podcast. And we'll see you guys next time. You're listening to Halloween Unleashed.